1: Making Box to Row a part of your day wherever or however you may be listening on terrestrial radio stations across the country, on internet radio, and on Sirius XM and the Sirius XM app. Got a good show lined up for you today. Actress Courtney Hope, she plays the role of Sally Spectra on The Young and the Restless. She's going to join us today. On Box to Row, she's our celebrity guest picker as well. We've got two HBCU games for her to pick, two FBS games, and two National Football League games. Uh, Of course, Courtney Hope joining us today here on the program. We're going to talk some NBA today on the program. The season kicked off on Tuesday. Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, going to join us On the program as well. Got a lot to talk about with respect to the NBA. May talk about your favorite team as well. You don't want to miss that conversation with Mike Wallace. Week 9 of the HBCU football season. We've got a lot to get to. A couple of upsets last week. Some positioning uh, taking place. Especially when you look at the SIAC. When you look at the CIAA and also, that SWAC Western division is a monster. It may come down to the last game of the season, that Bayou Classic between Grambling and Southern. You can participate here on the program. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. You can also hit me up on my personal Twitter or X, as it's known now, personal Twitter or X page, at D-Ware1. Let's keep things moving here on the program. We're joined by a young lady. As a matter of fact, she plays the role of Sally on one of my favorite programs, The Young and the Restless. She's played on so many other different things. And did you know that she's also a character in a couple of video games? I want to talk with her about that. She's also our celebrity guest picker for today. She is Courtney Hope. She joins us here on the program. What's going on, Courtney?
2: I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
1: Glad to have you. I gotta, look, I gotta start with the video game piece, right? Like, so I kind of get it. I was in a, I was in a video game at, at, uh, at, at one point, a sports video game, right? So now, so Quantum Break, you play mm-hmm. Beth Wild, uh, Beth Wilder? What? Mm-hmm. T- t- tell Tell us about that. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Um, that was the first video game I did. So I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know what the experience was going to be like. It took about two years to film it. Um, and we would just shoot it in increments. And I flew to Finland. I shot it here in Santa Monica. I'm in Los Angeles, so in Santa Monica. And <clears throat> that was great. It was a It was a totally new experience because on screen, you know, you do kind of everything at once. But in the video game world, or at least in that experience for sure. But in my other ones, I've done I've done this too, where you do mocap and then you do facial capture and then you do voiceover. So sometimes like some of the scenes I'd be doing three times. So it was just a totally new experience. And um and also like on soap operas, they're very, you know, dramatic and and you know, very emotional. And in video games, like if you have a facial capture, you can't have a teardrop because it messes up the like how it how it scans your face so it was it was actually like a huge challenge but in a good way. I loved it and I love the video game world. They're all amazing.
1: Yeah, cuz you I, you did two others I have what you played Jesse Phaeton in the video game series Control.
2: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, that one Um, we shot, it just came out a couple years ago. It did really well. It was Remedy's first female lead game. And so that was, I was very honored to be Jesse Faden in that. And, um, we have a second one, hopefully coming, you know, in the next few years, because obviously it takes a while, but, um, yeah, it's, it's super, super, Exciting! I I love I love the world, and then I got to play a little Jedi in a Star Wars one too, which was fun. just <laughs> random but fun.
1: Yeah, that's cool. So, do you play the game?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I honestly am not great at combat, so I always have to do like the easy combat. But um, yeah, I definitely played the game. When I played Control, I played it with a couple people, and they we would like switch off, and and it was kind of interesting too because in control, I was in the whole game basically. And so I shot so much of it that it was cool to have certain moments where it didn't feel like me. Like I felt like I was actually playing as as if it wasn't me. And I think I I really give that um, you know, I attribute that to Remedy, the the company that did it. They just made the world so immersive that even me who shot it felt like I was in something completely new. So That was a really great experience.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Courtney Hope joining us here on the program. Of course, she plays the role of Sally Spectra in The Young and The Restless. So Sally's sort of in this dynamic between Nick and Adam right now. You know, I kind of, I started really re-watching it more regularly, maybe about, I don't know, it's been maybe three or four months now, I guess. So like, Tell us about Sally a little bit, and then this dynamic with Nick and Adam who are who are brothers on the young and the Restless,
2: yeah, yeah she loves she loves <laughs> the more difficult relationship <laughs> has to go with the brothers um. Yeah, you know, Sally, Sally's always, this has been an interesting experience for me to play with Sally, because Sally has always been very career driven, you know, she was a fashion designer for so long. And and then when, you know, she moved to Genoa City, she did that for a while. And then that kind of fell through. And she's always kind of had one person or she's been she's been toying with like, she's with a guy, but then that guy's with another girl, right? It's always another girl that's in play. And so for her to have this, this dynamic, I think she's really struggling with, you know, her true honest self, like who she is at the core, but then also what she wants. She didn't have a stable home life. And so to have like Nick, you know, who has this stability and, and has, This maturity, she's drawn to that, but then you know she's also got that feistiness, the fire, the kind of you know flies by the seat of her pants and and doesn't you know walk uh, with the herd. And that I think is in Adam, and so it's this it's this you know push and pull between where she really wants to go in in her life, but her heart you know is in two different places. Yeah, and
1: you know what's interesting, I didn't know this actually before preparing for this that that your Sally was in the bold and the beautiful. Like I didn't, I didn't know that they're like, sort of like sister shows for those that um, uh, may not know, speak to carrying, you know, sort of that over from the bold and that character Sally over (laughs) from the bold and the beautiful to now the young and the restless.
2: Yeah. It's been, it's been a really fun journey. You know, the writers are, 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 you know, each, each show has taken her and, brought something new out of her and i've i've really tried to hold on to who she was on bold over here you know on young and the restless as well um but you know she's going through different experiences she's getting older and um it's been cool to see the young and the restless's take on sally you know as as when i was on bold it was like I said, very career, very like, you know, also very naive, you know, Sally came, I think when I started the show, they had Sally around like 26, 27 years old, you know, and that was seven years ago. So, you know, you would hope in life people grow and evolve and so It's it's kind of been fun to see the snowball effect of like what the young and the restless has created for Sally. And it's just been a blast to, to play, but I'm excited to see where she goes from here. Cause I feel like she's definitely at a crossroads. Yeah talk about
1: the cast like the i i remember when i was um you know you talk about all, all of these different I, i'm just trying to think back to uh mrs miss chancellor from back in the day uh gene cooper who played that role <laughs> and all of the different you know neil winters uh st john who rest in peace to him but um mm-hmm. speak to the 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 current cast and playing you know with this very
2: talented young and the restless cast oh it's been and Amazing experience. Everybody on the show is incredible. Um, I felt that way even before I was ever on the show when I would just watch the show um, or see them in the hallways when I was on bold. And I would just think, I, I just really respect everybody on the show. I feel like they're, they're solid actors, solid human beings. And, you know, they take their craft really seriously and they put the work in and I'm always, you know, I sit in my room a lot and I'll watch the screen when other people are shooting. And I just love to see what people do. You know, it it still blows my mind that we shoot so much. We get so much dialogue, these in-depth storylines and, and, and every day they come in and, you know, it's something new and it's fresh. And there are so many layers and so much, you know, dynamism to it. And I love watching it from my dressing room. I'm, I'm inspired by it. And, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful to be on the show.
1: No doubt. Long time. You know, Peter Bergman, Eric Braden, I mean, been on the show, you know, yes. certainly forever, you know, learning the lines, like how, how, how is that? Because it's a daily show. Right. Mm -hmm. So unlike if you're doing something, that's a movie, which you've done some movies before and, you know, some TV, some other TV uh, acting that you've done. Can you kind of speak to that aspect? Uh, I guess you have to really sort of really, really be in character in some respects.
2: Oh, yeah, you absolutely do. I mean, you you can't really um, fall short in especially on a soap. You know, you really have to know your stuff and and i always look at my stuff as early as i can because i love to be able to to create nuances to it and and but i know everyone works so differently but yeah you 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 can't really just um half ass it you know you yeah. you definitely have to know what you're doing and and take the time to to really dive in because yeah sometimes you have i mean two page monologues you know and we move so fast and it's not just about you know, my storyline, it's everyone else's storyline and it's the crew that's there. And, you know, they've been there since, you know, some of them 6am. And, you know, so when you're out there running your stuff, it's like, I I personally don't want to go out there and, and, and do, you know, seven takes if I don't have to, because it's, it's also impeding on their time. And so it's, it's a, you know, a workhorse of a show where everyone just, you know, kind of plays in, but what one person does really doesn't just, you know, affect one person. It affects the whole, um encompassing project. So yeah, but it's been good. I you know, they always say it's it's a uh, um what are they what do people say? They say it's like a um like a boot camp for actors and it totally is. <laughs> you walk in and I was so nervous my first week on bold because I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. And um but it actually I found that I actually uh, it wasn't that bad. Like, I think I had a couple of weeks where I was nervous. And even when I went on young and the Restless, I was nervous, you know, it's a different show. They're different people, even though my character, you know, was, was known. It, it was still a new dynamic. And, um, but yeah, it's been great. By the way, my dogs are barking outside. So I apologize.
1: No, no, it's all good. Not, not, a, not a problem. Courtney. Hope. Our dog. <laughs> yeah. Courtney Hope joining us here on the program. Look, we're going to step aside. We're going to take the break. Come back with more of our conversation with actress Courtney Hope. She's our celebrity guest picker also today. More on the way.
3: More of Box to Row with Donald Ware is on the way.
1: Aggies, you don't want to miss any games this season. Saturday, November 4th, is a special game day as it's homecoming as the Aggies take on Towson University. You don't want to miss the Blue and Gold Marching Machine as they prepare for the Rose Bowl Parade. The fun kicks off at 1 p.m. Come enjoy family and grab your plate as you witness the greatest homecoming on earth presented by AT&T Dream in Black.
3: The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by
1: Harlem Beer Distributing, North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets, Harris Teeter, Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwellies, Saltbox, and Barica Soul.
0: You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to roll. Box to Box to Box to Box to
1: conversation with actress Courtney Hope. She plays the role of Sally Spectra on The Young and The Restless. She's also our celebrity guest picker. So it it would seem to me that it would make it perhaps um, a little bit, I don't want to say easier, but maybe when you're having to do like a movie or, or, you know, sort of learn your lines for a movie or, or a TV show,
2: Oh yeah. It's completely different. Like, you know, doing a show or a movie, a lot of times you'll do like any of the shows I've done. I think the most I've done is like maybe two really big scenes, three big scenes a day. Now, granted, a lot of that was like guest work, but if I was doing, you know, a series regular or, or a movie, even you're, you're working, like you said, like in shorter increments. So it's like, we do a scene and then it's like, you do the, you know, the wide shot and then the close up, and then the over the shoulder. And then the, and so it does give you a little bit more room to play. But I found from here going to do other things, it's been a huge blessing because I have a bigger playground because I'm so used to just being ready on the first take that any of the other stuff I do, it's like, I don't know. It is kind of like I get more to play with because I'm like already ready on the first one. And, and so- Yeah, I'm doing the games. It's been the same way because games move pretty quick. So I've been able to kind of take that template and and apply it there.
1: Courtney Hope plays the role of Sally Spectra on The Young and the Restless. She joins us here on the program. She's our celebrity guest picker. We're going to talk about that. I know she's not, I know you're not a big sports fan, but that's okay. It, it, it's it's all in fun,
2: and we'll get. I to- like sports. I just don't follow like the specific teams. I'm from Texas, yes. so my family they are huge, like Longhorns, Cowboys. My dad's also from Michigan, so we got the Lions and U of M, and so I know about it. Um, but I'm excited to
1: pick. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. And we're gonna we're definitely gonna get to that. We got six games for her uh, to pick today. Nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series is a big deal because there's so many different you know drama series to kind of pick from what did that mean to you?
2: Oh, it meant the world to me. it meant so much i mean i mean the on every single show the the caliber of talent is just insurmountable and i and to be picked amongst you know all of the other amazing women um but you know people in general was 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 huge, and I feel also too like you know, I had been through a big storyline on that show and, you know, and then I had left the show. So I actually got nominated for bold when I was on young and the restless. And so it kind of was, you know, bittersweet in a lot of ways. I was super excited about it, you know, but, um, it was funny just being, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know, like, a like the closing of that chapter, you know, I was like, Oh, it was nice to be recognized for my time on that show, you know? Yeah.
1: So, you know, I want to ask you about a Merry Christmas match that you, that you did the movie, right? Like Christmas is right upon us. Um, Are you, will you, are you going to do any future Christmas movies by, matter of fact, with with respect to Hallmark, Lifetime, like I, you know, um, what's the other channel? It's another channel that carries a bunch of Christmas. I love watching those Christmas movies. Are you going to do any of those in the future?
2: I would love to. They're fun. You know, it's, it's, I'm up for just telling whatever great stories are out there. So that one was fun. It was also fun to play in that one. I, I was like this rich, um, snooty girl. And that was, that was really fun to play. You know, I feel like I've done a lot of like the down to earth. So it's always kind <laughs> of fun to, to push the envelope a little bit. But yeah, I would love to.
1: Absolutely. All right, Courtney, we're going to get to it. That you're a celebrity guest picker. We've okay. got six games for you. We're going to start with Alabama AM versus Alabama State. This game is in Birmingham. It's the Magic City Classic. They'll have 70,000 fans on the inside watching the game, another 25,000 on the outside.
2: Uh, who you got? I said Alabama a Okay.
1: All right. Any, <laughs> any, I, know, I know you had a couple of notes. Any particular – just any particular – Reason why you don't have to, it's fine.
2: Well, I just was, when I was looking at like who was ahead, you know, like who had the most wins, they they were, they kind of were, you know, on the top of the list, at the top of the list, I should say. So that, that was my, that was my reasoning.
1: Okay. No, very cool. Uh, Prairie View A&M at Florida A&M
2: um I picked Florida at a m and okay. I um have had a couple friends that we we almost moved to Florida and I had some friends that um are from Florida so it was kind of like a nod and and in addition to that um I, I don't know again I was looking at their stats and I just yeah. feel like I'm, I'm one that's like okay, let's see who's doing what this year because I do know you know I've followed a lot of football and like you know, it's like some years, you know, I, I had a friend that was a huge Cardinals fan, right? And it was like for years and years and years, like they just weren't doing well. And like, you know, and then all of a sudden they were, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, right before Kyler Murray. I love Larry Fitzgerald. But like, you know, going on in that arena and knowing that they were, you know, doing well. And then all of a sudden they weren't. And so anyway, I kind of look at the, the year stats because the players rotate so much.
1: Okay. Very good. Uh, okay. So. We got a top. We have a I think this is a top 10 matchup, a college football, Oregon or staying with college football, Oregon at Utah.
2: Uh, I went with Oregon. I was just in Oregon this weekend. And so I kind of felt like it, it made sense to do that. They're also number eight. And I know that Utah is number 13. So,
1: yes, there you go. OK, very good. Uh, so we we had to take it home, I believe.
2: Now you're from Dallas. I'm from Dallas. Yeah. So, yeah. So he said SMU. I'm like, oh, I know where that is.
1: Yes. That's why I had to go. We, Cause I would have gone with the Texas game, but I said, let me be more specific since you're in Dallas, Tulsa at SMU.
2: Yeah. I went with SMU. Obviously I'm, I'm from Dallas and I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta stay true. <laughs>
1: All right. Very good. Okay. National football league, uh, yes. staying at home Rams at the Cowboys.
2: I'm going to go with Cowboys. I am not a huge Rams fan. I don't know why. I just, I've been to a couple of their games here and I just, I, I love the Cowboys. And, um, I actually used to be a junior Dallas Cowboy cheerleader when I was younger. So I performed at some of their games. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I I mean, I, I, unfortunately, um, you know, well for you, I'm a, I'm a commanders fan, right? So we, you know, you know, the whole red, former Redskins and Cowboys thing, um, Anyway, yeah,
2: I get it. It's okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see. I don't know. Like the commanders are like letting me down right now, like okay. losing to the giants last week, a couple of weeks ago, you know, losing to oh the, the bears who at the time were like the worst team in the league, you know? <laughs>
2: oh, so. uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing is like you see some years and, and they're so like, you know, I always go to my family's house and they love to watch football, obviously. And it's like, you get some years where, you know, my dad's been a Detroit Lions fan forever and I'm like, he's tried and true. I'm like, he's not a fair weather because they are just are not great or they, they're they better now. But, you know, for years they were awful. And it's just so funny. You get, you get, um I don't know, I guess because I've just been around so many teams that lose so much <laughs> that when people are like, oh, my team's winning and now they're not. It's like, it it is, it is funny to, to watch it, but I'm sorry about your team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know but we still have, to, we, we still got to meet Cowboys and Commanders still, got still got two games. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see. see. Yes. Yeah. All right. Our last game, uh, which is a good one. The Steelers, both teams are playing well. The Steelers at the Jaguars.
2: So this is funny because I've, I've always been drawn to the Steelers. I know that they're they're I mean, one, I think they, they played one less game, right. than the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Steelers to see if maybe they can obviously tie their five and two. But if not, obviously, then it'll be different. But I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Um, I just, just I'm gonna go with the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> <Nothing> <laughs> was wrong with that. Me, I'm just gonna. It was, I went with my intuition on all of it, uh, minus the Cowboys. I was like, I'm just gonna stick with them. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Okay,
1: very good. So yeah. last thought. I know you. You well, two last thoughts. So I know you. You do especially on your Instagram, you do like the, the, um, fitness videos, right? So are you, are you into training and all of that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah. I taught fitness for a little over 10 years. I grew up as a dancer and then I started teaching cardio bar when I was around, uh, 21, 22 years old, and then got certified in that and in Pilates and in personal training. And I love it so much. It's like, I go to the gym or I work out and do some sort of movement every day. And I'm always like learning and growing. And, um, yeah, it's like my home away from home. I, I, when I am sitting still and can't move, I go crazy. <laughs> I, I love, I love it so much. And I love teaching. I really do.
1: Very good. And then lastly, you know, I find it interesting when you when you're playing your role of Sally on The Young and the Restless is very busy. You've got to learn your lines, but you're also able to do other projects, which I find absolutely fascinating. Do you have any other projects, movies, uh, TV, et cetera, on the horizon?
2: Um there's some stuff in the game world. I can't fully talk about it, but uh, the gaming world Um, and then everything right now, you know, I've been very honored since I've been on the show to be working a lot. Um, Not really have, and we work, we only get, I don't know, I'd say we work 48 weeks out of the year. Don't quote me on that, but around there. And so I've been very blessed since I've been on the show to be working all the time. So this has been like the biggest, you know, kind of breath that I've had. So now I'm able to go tap out and and do some other things as well. Um, so hopefully, you know, I know we're all on strike right now. So nothing's really, you know, going as far as like movies and TV goes. But um, yeah, there is some stuff, but you know. We'll have to see in the next coming year or so what happens.
1: <laughs> no, no question about it. Courtney Hope, you can check her out each weekday on the number one, the number one daytime drama, The Young and the Restless. Check your local listings. Uh, of course, she plays the role of Sally Spectra. Courtney Hope, again, joining us here on the program. Courtney, appreciate the time. Thank you for being our celebrity guest picker. Continued success in all you do.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And yeah, good luck with the games this weekend. Let's let's see let's see what happens.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> we shall see what happens. Some solid picks by Courtney Hope, our celebrity guest picker today on the program. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. You can react, hit us up via Twitter at box to b o x t o r o w Twitter now known as X or on my personal Twitter or X account at d where one up next here on the program, Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, talking NBA. This is your weekly edition of the HBCU Blitz, powered by Box Tarot. I'm Donald Ware. First, let me take you to Daytona Beach, Florida, for the game between Bethune Cookman and Southern. Bethune Cookman already led seven to nothing, but about midway through the second quarter. The Jaguars driving, looking to put points on the board. Back to pass. Blood's looking. He's going to run. Blood to the
4: five. Blood will score his first rushing touchdown of the year. Six yards out, and Southern is on the board.
1: And we were tied at seven apiece. Now we're going to move to the fourth quarter. Bethune-Cookman punting Southern with the 21-10 lead. Frederick will stand back. High snap, I should say. Puts is
3: Blocked. And it's going to be caught for the touchdown. George Qualls.
1: My man, Chris Shillette, on the Jaguars Sports Radio Network. The Jaguars would go on to defeat Bethune-Cookman 28-18 and remain in contention for the SWAC's Western Division. Now, to Jacksonville for the matchup between Albany State and Edward Waters. The Tigers coming off the upset victory last week over Tuskegee. Tigers got off to a slow start, trailing 24 24- to seven with about 30 seconds remaining in the first half looking to put a couple of more points on the board
4: for russell now he'll put a receiver in motion that jones takes the snap back to pass looking throwing far side man up and caught touchdown there with waters johnny jones
1: from four yards and the tigers trailed 24 to 14 could the comeback be on now let's move to with about three minutes remaining in the fourth quarter the tigers trailing 27 to 17 and on the doorstep
4: takes the snap handoff Huji right side trying to back his way no sit into the end zone touchdown tigers
1: the tigers pulled to within 27 to 24 the tigers able to get the football back sets up a similar scenario to last week the tigers with possession very late in the fourth quarter And once again, on the doorstep...
4: Takes the snap, back to pass, Russell far side, it is... Touchdown,
1: Warriors! Touchdown, Tigers! Devin Thompson! Back-to-back weeks for my man, Joshua Jackson, on the EWU Sports Network... One-yard touchdown reception with eight seconds remaining. Put the Tigers over the top. Defeated Albany State 27-24. to 24. Keeps the Tigers' slim hopes alive of playing in the SIAC championship game. To Ettrick, Virginia, where the Virginia State Trojans were undefeated, hosting the two-win Elizabeth City State Vikings. Let's pick things up early in the third quarter with Elizabeth City State leading 10-7 to and Virginia State with possession. Drops the throw, screen pass, oh, and he threw it away, and it's picked off, intercepted by Grant inside the... Five Touchdown, Elizabeth City State. 25 yards on the pick six, and the Vikings extended their lead to 17-7. To Let's move to late in the fourth quarter. Score, Elizabeth City State 17, Virginia State 10. Virginia State looking to add points to the board. Back to throw. Fires it over the middle. It's caught. Dive into the end zone. Lucas Nunez, touchdown. Touchdown, Virginia State. The extra point failed, and Virginia State trailed 17-16. to 16. Now we move to the onside kick.
0: Miller hits a little bouncer. Trojans got it. They
1: picked it up out of
0: midair. It's Gray Miles. He goes for a touchdown. Miles went for a touchdown, but... but. But there's a flag down. He grabbed it at nine yards. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, in my mind, there's no doubt.
1: My man, John Emmett, on WVST. Elizabeth City State would hold on to defeat Virginia State 17-16, to giving the Trojans their first loss of the season. And in Dover, Delaware...
4: They give it to How. How gets the first down and more to 30, at the 25, at the 20, at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Jawan nope. Howell, what a cutback by Howell. No laundry on the field. Three
1: rushing touchdowns on the day for South Carolina State running back Jawan Howell as the Bulldogs defeated Delaware State 35-7. Dems my folks, Ernest Robinson and Bill Hamilton on the South Carolina state bulldog radio network box to row. The radio show airs weekly on radio stations across the country to listen to the show or for more information, log on to box Time to talk some NBA here on the program. And to do that, of course, Mike Wallace is the senior editor of grind city media. You guys, I mean, I know you got to know about grind city media at this point, you're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, got it covered. Talking about the NBA, got it covered. Talking about HBCU sports, got it covered. Talking about the schools in the Memphis, Tennessee footprint in terms of college, got it covered. I, I You know, there's not a professional um, entity in all of professional sports that does as much as Grind City Media. And of course, as mentioned, Mike Wallace is the senior editor. We're going to talk some NBA here today on the program. What's going on, Mike?
4: Hey, man, I really, really, really appreciate that introduction, man. And, you know, everything you said about us, I can echo that same thing about what you're doing on a national level uh, with Box to Row across uh, Sirius XM and everything else that you're touching, man. So it's it's great to be with you, man. And um looking forward to another segment here.
1: Yes, sir. Appreciate it, my brother. So, let me ask you this, Mike. How did we get to the situation where Damian Lillard ends up in Milwaukee? Like, how did that happen?
4: I mean, it, you know, obviously it was earmarked for Miami the entire time. And I think, you know, Damian Lillard and and probably the Heat overplayed their leverage, overplayed their hand a little bit. Um, and, you know, the league just said in, in, in Portland, give them credit. They said, listen, we're not going to be strong-armed into making a deal that we don't want. And I think it got to the point where some of that deal that came together probably came together in spite. When when you look at you know what what their front office and, and how they operated, but they were able to get two three teams involved, and that's what it was going to take. And uh, you know they they did right by Damian. They sent them to a title contender, a team that won a championship uh, just a couple years ago. And you know he's playing with you know arguably the number one player in the NBA. So. If you if you give if you put all of that down and check off all of those boxes, it's hard for Damian to feel like he was done wrong by being sent to Milwaukee versus Miami. Now, for all the social aspects of it and and being in South Beach and with the sun and all that, uh, no state of income tax, yeah, that and, and, and with a glamour franchise, yeah, that has some weight and some significance. But if Dame is truly about trying to win a championship, uh, he might be in a better spot right now. He certainly would have put Miami into the championship mix as well, but. You know, that's how it happened, man. They, they went through a rebuild. He was loyal for, you know, a decade strong plus there. And, um, you know, it was just time to move on. And, and fortunately, all sides ended up uh, coming out of that with something that they could say that they had a win. Talking
1: NBA with Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media here on the program. Let's look at a couple of teams. We'll start with those Memphis Grizzlies for our listeners on the chains out of the Memphis, Tennessee area uh John Morant's going to be what suspended the first 25 games of the season how you know what do you feel like the Grizzlies can do without Morant these first 25 games and then what do you think the uh season looks like moving forward
4: it's it's man it's uh the first 25 games that's a huge chunk i mean that's that's over 25% of your a quarter of your season man i mean you're talking about uh, basically a third of your season right there without an all-NBA talent, your two-time all-star, your franchise catalyst, the guy that organizes you. And the Grizzlies, to their credit, man, have done everything they could to sort of you know, mitigate that loss um, as much as they could. You know, I mean, you bring in Marcus Smart, you pair him with Derrick Rose, um, you have a veteran voice and a leadership. And I know both of these guys have had some injury issues recently, and they both have had uh, – uh, they're getting up there in age. But if they can piece it together at point guard um, between the two – um, you, you can trail water from that situation. The Grizzlies had to trail water with Ja being out 20 or so games in each of the last two seasons, and they were still able to win 50 games both ways, both times, finish second in the West both times in the regular season. Uh, and now you got, you got know, guys that are really wet, ready uh, to help you take the next step in the playoffs when Ja comes back. So that's going to be the big challenge in the West, with the West being where it is and how loaded it is from top to bottom. Um, you know, it, It's going to be hard to, to keep up. But if the Grizzlies can trail water until Jock is back, then, then that gives them a stretch, a, a, a chance going down the stretch run. The New Orleans Pelicans for our
1: listeners on W A M S uh, excuse me, WAMF, the voice of the people. I mean, we've been waiting for Zion Williamson. He's been playing in the preseason. He seems to be healthy, but I mean, this roster, I don't know, did they add any did the Pelicans add? Uh, any pieces that could help get them over the hump and i mean I, I think you'd have to factor in that williamson i mean he could possibly he could possibly miss half the season or more that's just what history uh, says in terms of his in terms of his just his his uh his injury history
4: yeah it does and you always have to worry about that but the fact that he he probably had the best offseason that he's had since he came into the league right um you know he looks like he's in shape he looks like he's mentally motivated and he knows that this is basically put up a shut-up time uh, when it comes to his legacy. Does he want to be great? Does he want to eventually start on a trajectory that gets him to the Hall of Fame as one of the best, you know, forwards that we've had in this league? He certainly has the talent. He certainly has the tenacity in his game. Um, but can he stay healthy and commit to being a professional when it comes to taking care of your mind and your body? So this is, this is it. This is, this is the year for him. And, you know, they obviously also have Brandon Ingram, um, I, I love what C.J. McCollum is a veteran that's going to try to keep them organized and poised. Um, Jonas Valanciunas is one of the more productive true centers that we still have left in the league. Herb Jones and those guys that are coming off the bench or, and, and, you know, the next wave of guys they loaded up on. Um, and, and, and I love the versatility that they have. They got a lot of interchangeable guys on the wing. Um, you know, I, I need to see them have a dominant point guard. I still think they need to address that position. Uh, you know, to really take the next step. But that's a team that, you know, again, you don't want to play New Orleans uh, if they're hot, man, because they have a number of different ways to beat you. And I think they just hadn't put it together yet. So this is a big year for them down in New Orleans too.
1: Mike Wallace is the senior editor of Grind City Media. Follow him on Twitter at My Mike check, as he joins us here on the program. Portland Trail Blazers. For our listeners in Portland on the Numbers FM, this is, a, to me, an interesting team you you get scoot henderson you make you know some you, obviously you trade away a lillard but you you know you get aiden back and some you know grant still they're like what do you what do you think uh portland will look like this year
4: you know it's it's one of those deals where um uh jerry and grant um the grant brother i, I keep getting him in his <laughs> the young grants mixed up man but you know, I know that Grant is still there, a veteran on a big salary. Um, I wonder if he's not going to be one of the biggest uh, rumored trade pieces going into the trade deadline this year, because it's obvious that Portland wants to rebuild. Um, Chauncey Billups wants to start it from the ground floor and rebuild this team sort of in his image, that tough-minded guard play, um, you know, the way he did it in Detroit as a player. And if he could do that with Scoot, obviously you got Shaden Sharp, who's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Um, You know, you still got Anthony Simons, um, you know, who's one of the more explosive, most improved players in this league that we've seen over the last few years. And now you have Aiden and Robert Williams. And if those two guys can show up and be professionals with Grant, Grant, Aiden and Robert Williams as your three, four, five, potentially, um, this team can fast track a rebuild. They don't have to hit rock bottom. They're going to sneak up and be able to bite some teams if they're going to be able to play like this. So you have both your future and some guys who are ready right now with some chips on their shoulders. And if you get a motivated Robert Williams and a super motivated DeAndre Ayton, um, that team could be one of those sneaky good teams that, that, that sneaks up on you in the play in and, and does some damage if they get hot because the talent is there. Uh, what is the, what is going to be their temperament, their professionalism and their mindset um, when you have so many young guys and then so many guys that have been disgruntled for so long uh, in their career, that's not necessarily an ideal mix but if they can get it right under Chauncey in that leadership then then Portland can be a, a sneaky dangerous team in the west if they if they put it together.
1: Washington Wizards for our listeners on WHBC the HD3 channel of WHUR you know Jordan Poole uh is there. Uh you've got uh, Tyus Jones who who you know uh is yeah. there. You've got Kyle Kuzma who re signs He's there what do you think what do you think the the prospects for this washington team are
4: and i love gafford too man like i i, I like big boy gafford man i mean he's one of those underrated you know good bigs that 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 just can not you know almost kind of like um uh man why is his name escaping I mean, he was in detroit for a while he just signed with the lakers um, and, and he just hadn't been able to. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world, but he just hadn't been able to put it together. I mean, he was in Houston for a minute too. His name will come to me. I'm sure the listeners out there are probably yelling the name as they're <laughs> listening to it right now. Um, but but it's one of those situations where Washington, we know that this is a rebuild year. Um, you know, they just changed over their front office uh, almost from top to bottom, changed out their scouting department, um, and, and obviously uh, this is Wes Unseld Jr.'s. Um, you know, uh, make or break season, man. And, and is he is he going to be long for this team? I know that because of his heritage and where he came from and his dad, you don't want to, you know, you don't, you don't want to force him out. You hope that he can make it work with the guys that he has now. But it's going to be tough, man, because Washington definitely hit the reset button by trading Bill. And, you know, you just never know where they're going to go right now. So they're going to be one of those teams, nondescript Eastern Conference teams that you can look up and you'll see, okay, hey, are they in the playing game? Man, they can get hot because they got some streaky guys for for sure. But it's going to be a long season when it comes to that because now they're just absent of expectations. And now that they're you know absent of expectations, you just never know what kind of year that's going to lead to. I expect them to be more lottery bound than playoff bound. But stranger things have happened in the Eastern Conference lately.
1: Our last team, the Charlotte Hornets, for any one of our our radio stations. Uh, in North Carolina. We'll point out WRVS uh, up in Elizabeth City. So you've got LaMelo Ball. I mean, they've got some, like, uh, look at this roster, some young talent. Brandon, I like Brand. I think, uh, yeah, I get it, maybe preseason hasn't been great. I like Brandon Miller and his upside. P.J. Washington, right? I, I know it's controversial. Miles Bridges um, is back. Your thoughts, I mean, can, you know, it seemed like you draft Mellow. Right, and this could be a team that could challenge. That has not happened uh, to this point in Lamelo Ball's career in Charlotte.
4: Yeah, and, and and a lot of people across the league talk about the professionalism. And you know, once Lamelo takes this seriously and demands more of himself and demands more of his teammates, um, then that team will turn around. Right, um, and, and it's it's tough because you have such an ultra veteran voice in Steve Clifford trying to guide these guys and, and, and it's tough because it, it's a generational gap there. And I'm not sure if you'll understand what it takes to connect with some of these younger guys that are there. Um, Brandon Miller is is a talent in this league. I mean, he's definitely a guy um, when you pair them and you look at the future potential of the, of where they are um, you know, they definitely have some upside there and, and they can sneak up and bite some teams as well, you know, but what, what you also wonder, they're a trade or two away. You know, we're still talking about Gordon Hayward, and I don't even know, you know, if 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 he's if he's still a fit for this team, but he's definitely not been able to perform at the level that they expected when they signed him all of those years ago. Um, and then obviously the Bridges situation, man. It just, you know, you hate to see the kind of headlines that keep surfacing when it comes to him um, and, and where his credibility is, where his head is, and can you rely on him? Um, and, and what kind of player is he going to be? And what essentially amounts as a uh, you know, a a contract year uh, because he didn't get his, he he didn't get his big money. Um, He's going to be suspended to start the year. And how do you play catch up with, with that? That's going to be difficult right there. But having said all of those things, LaMelo still makes them one of the fun teams to watch in this league because on any given night they can put on an absolute show. So hopefully they can avoid any more distractions in jail together and give Brandon a chance to, uh, to, to get a nice little on-ramp into his rookie year. And uh, and and maybe be surprised some people.
1: Yeah, forgot that Terry Rozier still on the team. I thought he had signed a three-year deal, but it's a four-year deal. So this is the last, you know, obviously year of his deal. Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, joining us here on the program, talking some NBA again. Follow him on Twitter at MyMikeCheck. Check great NBA, Memphis Grizzlies, HBCU college sports information on the website. Uh, of course at grindcitymedia.com Mike appreciate the time man look forward to talking with
4: you uh, throughout the course of this NBA season absolutely man we're going to be doing it throughout the season man I'm looking forward to it
1: we appreciate it Mike switching gears talking week 9 in HBCU football next
3: the old renaissance is the new renaissance standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitby, the neighborhood original.
1: Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina, served in total wine all over North Carolina, all Weaver Street markets, Harris Teeter, Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Aggies, you don't want to miss any games this season. Saturday, November 4th, is a special game day as it's homecoming as the Aggies take on Towson University. You don't want to miss the Blue and Gold Marching Machine as they prepare for the Rose Bowl Parade. The fun kicks off at 1 p.m. Come enjoy family and grab you a plate as you witness the greatest homecoming on Earth presented by AT&T Dream in Black.
0: It's Donald Ware. From the Press Box to Press Row.
1: Welcome back to Box to Row. In the last segment, we were joined by Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, talking NBA. At the beginning of the program, we were joined by actress Courtney Hope. She plays the role of Sally Spectra. On the young and the restless. She was our celebrity guest picker. And uh so we want to switch some gears. And again, you can react to anything that either of them had to say on X at BoxToro, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal X account at D Wear1 at D Wear1. So there are some pivotal matchups this week in week nine of HBCU football, and they more uh, have to do with the SIAC, I think, more than uh, any other conference. I mean, uh, you know, the MIAC is is just beginning. You know, Howard has a game. It's undefeated, but it's, it's too early in the MIAC. I do believe – I think that the way that the MIAC is going to shape out, I, I thought it may be a – a, a, a team that has had no losses would win the MIAC. I think it could be a team with one loss. It could be a team with one loss could win uh, the MIAC on this year. But again, it's really too early in the season. So if we look at the SIAC and where things stand right now in the SIAC. You've got a situation where Benedict is obviously running away with the SIAC, okay? But then you also have a situation where you have three teams that have one loss. And by the way, Edward Waters is still going to have something to say about the SIAC race. A lot would have to happen because remember, let's say Tuskegee drops uh, its game, one of its last two games, okay? Um it it plays Clark Atlanta, you got to figure that that's going to be a win for Tuskegee this weekend. But let's say Tuskegee drops the last game against Miles, who I think Miles has the toughest road uh, because not only does Miles, uh, you know, Miles has Fort Valley State and Tuskegee to end the season. So I mean that you know you're talking about. I mean that's that's a tough. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not Fort Valley. Albany State this weekend. Miles has Albany State on the road, and then ends the season against Tuskegee. So that's a tough. I mean, I think Miles has has really has the toughest way to go about trying to win this whole thing. Of course, it already or not win, but uh, to to um, to play in the SIAC championship already having lost uh, in a close game to Benedict. But, I mean, you've got Fort Valley State, Miles, Tuskegee, all with one loss. Um, You know, but Edward Waters sits right there with two losses. Now, it would have the tiebreaker should Tuskegee drop another game. It would have the tiebreaker um, against Tuskegee. But, I mean, I think a lot of things would have to happen. I mean, but, again, Miles has a tough road. Um, Fort Valley State. Not so much because, I mean, it only has one conference game remaining, but that game is against Albany State. Now, Albany State, I mean, isn't totally out of it, but I I don't see where Albany State and Allen and, you know, I I tried to get some information from the SIAC office. They said that they weren't going to release any of that information in terms of uh, the potential tiebreakers until After this week's or after this Saturday's games, they won't release that information. So just kind of trying to figure it out. I mean, I don't really see a path for Albany state or Allen with two losses. Allen and Edward waters do meet this weekend. That's a big game, particularly for Edward waters. If it wants to have any chance of possibly uh, uh, playing in that SIAC championship game, because Edward waters has two games remaining, but only one, I think its last game is against Virginia Lynchburg, so that's a non-conference game. So Edward Waters would have to win against Allen, and Edward Waters is really on a roll right now. But you're you're primarily looking at Fort Valley State, Miles, and Tuskegee. To me, Miles with the toughest road, uh, Albany State and Tuskegee. Tuskegee this weekend against Clark Atlanta then wraps the season up against Miles. And then Fort Valley State, already having lost to Benedict, has uh, one game remaining because it plays Lynchburg uh, Saturday, but then has the remaining game against Albany State. So it, it's it's a real battle in the SIAC, and I'm loving it. Like you know, I I, I when you have divisional matchups and division, I mean that's cool. Right? Like, that's cool. Now, of course, it would cause issues when you're talking about tiebreakers when you don't have divisions. So the thing about divisions, if you win the division, automatically you represent the conference, although there are tiebreakers within divisional play as well. But I like this format for the SIAC because I think the SIAC is so strong, uh, especially when you looked at the Eastern Division with Benedict, Fort Valley State, Albany State. And, uh, you, you know, that's just a very, very, uh, you know, Savannah State, not as much this year, but, you know, you you talk about Savannah State a couple of years ago, had it been eligible in 2021, had it been eligible for the SIC championship, it would have gone. Albany State ended up representing. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, and this is the thing. if My, Let's say if Miles gets it done, think about it. Miles was pretty much in disarray. Last year, um, after, of course, Reginald Ruffin left Miles to go to Tuskegee, then Tuskegee became really, really good. So, I mean, that would be a heck of a story for Miles, okay, to make it to the SIAC championship game and, okay, and to have another opportunity at Benedict when it only lost to Benedict by three points on a tough game. And as a matter of fact, Benedict had to score a touchdown late to win that football game. So you're talking about the SIAC. It's good to see. Again, I, I, I'm not, listen, you know, divisional formats are good, but I'm not mad at the non-divisional format. And we'll see how all of the tiebreakers shake out. Because you got to figure Tuskegee's going to win. It's going to stay at one loss. Um, you know, but but Fort I mean, I'm telling you, Miles has got, a ways to go. Albany State and Fort Valley State of course to end or, or um, uh, Albany, Fort Valley State has miles and then uh, Albany State to end the season in that Fountain City Classic which is a very very big deal. You know one of the other teams that it's maybe a little bit early to still tell but some important games. Tennessee State like Tennessee State is on a roll, five and two on the season, three straight victories. Okay, going back to Gardner Webb, Norfolk State, and then a you know a non-conference game, or it was non-conference, but a, a game against Lincoln of California, where they beat Lincoln, the uh, Tigers beat Lincoln of California last week, fifty to nothing, or yeah, last Saturday, fifty to nothing. But you look at this Big South OVC conference, um, Tennessee State. Sitting at one and one, along with Bryant, Charleston Southern, Gardner Webb. Okay, uh, Tennessee State does have one up on Gardner Webb. I don't, I don't believe this conference. I don't believe this conference has a um, a championship game. So you're gonna you're gonna name a a champion. Okay. The unfortunate thing right now is UT Martin is undefeated. Southeast Missouri is undefeated in conference play. Tennessee State has already lost to UT Martin, does not play Southeast Missouri this year. So that's kind of unfortunate. But, I mean, you never know. Look, Southeast Missouri is 3-0 right now in the conference, but 3-4 and overall. Meanwhile, Tennessee State is 5-2. and Maybe we're talking, I mean, I know it's still a little bit early, four games left to play, but maybe Tennessee State could be talking about, because uh, I, I, I just wouldn't, even if Tennessee State went out, if UT Martin wins out, well, UT Martin would have the tiebreaker. Then there would be some other tiebreakers, I think, within that conference because not everybody plays everybody. But maybe, just maybe, there's an opportunity for Tennessee State to get an at large berth. And remember, the last time Tennessee State got an at large berth was 2013, and it beat Butler in the first round of the FCS playoffs. Okay? CIAA. Now, this is where, you know, the SWAC, okay, well, let me let me look at the SWAC. I mean, you know, if I look at the SWAC, the Eastern Division, I mean, you know, Florida A&M, to me, has pretty much got that sewn up. Um, that Western Division, you've got Southern, you've got Prairie View A&M um, that are all really sitting right there. Southern, Prairie View, A&M. Um, also, um, you know, Grambling sort of on the outside, I think, sort of on the outside looking in um, a little bit. But look, you've got, you know, Alcorn State right there as well. So really Southern Alcorn State and Prairie View AM one loss in the conference apiece. And then in the CIAA, um, I look at the Northern Division. It, you know, to me, it's going to really come down to Virginia Union, and Virginia State. I mean, I mean, either one of them could lose another game, and it's, it, it's still going to come down to those two teams because each of them has one loss in the conference by virtue of Virginia State's upset loss to Elizabeth City State last week. Meanwhile, in the Southern Division, if Fayetteville State wins one more game, has his two toughest games ahead of it, Shaw and Winston-Salem State, one more win for Fayetteville State, and they would have wrapped up the CIAA's Southern Division. My time is about up! I thank you for yours. Thank you to Mike Wallace. Thank you to Courtney Hope for joining us today here on the program. If you've missed any of our programs, you can log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Also, check us out on the Row YouTube channel. And always remember to support those that support your box. To Row is produced by EWG.
3: cha 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 to the smarty gras. I'm the dopest female that you've heard thus far. And I do get better. The voice gets wetter. Nobody gets hurt.
1: As long as you let her
3: do my thing with an 89 swing. The do-